Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, and uh, you know, I, I don't mean to boast, um, but I am an amazing athlete. I, why are you laughing? So I thought I would demonstrate this ability to um, just, uh, that I'm very fast, I'm really very fast, and I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, I, but I'm looking for somebody else out here who, who believes that they are faster than me. Is there anybody out here who believes that they are faster than me? Looking for, um, okay, Margaret, you really think so? Okay, I see how it is. All right, all right, Mackenzie, you think you're faster than me? All right, well, we've set up something to try this out. Mackenzie is going to come with me. So, so y'all, y'all say, good morning, Mackenzie. Now tell her, good luck. All right, so here's how this works. I'm, gonna, um, I'm just going to take off this right here. I'm going to look a little less cool, but that's all right, because I'm just I'm going to destroy you, man. I'm going to destroy you. It's going to be great. I'm going to destroy this little girl's dream to be faster than her pastor. So I just wanted to show you this, because I wasn't sure if y'all were aware of how an amazing athlete that I am. So, Mackenzie, if, if you just follow me, um, I think we've got a way for you guys to be able to kind of see what's going on. Uh, and uh, so we're going to try this, try this out. You ready? All right, we're going out here. We're going out here because we got a race. So, so, so hold on a second here. Do we have our people with us? Oh, there we go. All right, great. Now, let's come on down here. So this is how this works. Um, first of all, uh, we're going to say one, two, three, go, and then I'm going to beat you. Okay? Now, we're going to race. You got the red line back there on the ground. Danny, show them the red line so they can see where I'm going to get to first because I am faster than you. And I'm, I'm bigger and like older, which means I'm so much more wise. And this is just a small testament of how good at that I am. Anybody in there, if you can hear us, uh, shout and scream for Kinsey, McKinsey. Okay. Now, here, don't. Okay. All right. One. We're not going yet. One, two, three. On. Then we're going to go. Okay, not one, two, three, one, two, three, go. Okay, but we're going to congregation, you guys are going to do it all together. So, so y'all are going to start us out one, two, three, then go. Hey, congregation, you ready? Yeah. All right, here, here we go. We're going to listen for them to say it. One, two, three, go. Ah! Okay, well, see, because what had happened... What happened, uh, y'all give it up for McKenzie. Shoo. See, see what, what happened was I was faster than her, but there was a camera angle situation. And, and it made it look like she beat me, but she, she really didn't. I'm gonna do, can we just take a second? You got some music or something you can put on for everybody? You ever feel really confident? I mean like really confident in your abilities? only to find out that you're not as good as you thought you were? Anybody with me say yeah? Yeah, Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Being confident, though, it's a good thing, right? I mean, we know it's a great thing, except when you're confident in the wrong thing, like my ability to beat McKenzie this morning. And I wasn't wasn't messing around, man. I wasn't messing around, but she crushed me. Let's take a deep breath together. (sighs) Yeah, for like, how old are you? Yeah, for a 13-year-old, she's like, let's do it again. I'm like... (gasps) Oxygen. Where's the oxygen? 
I'm going to read scripture with you this morning, Luke 18, 9 through 14. <clears throat> to some who were confident of their own righteousness, everybody say, yeah. And look down on everybody else, say, yeah. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you <laughs> that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance, which means he wasn't standing in front of everybody else. He was off to the side where nobody could really see him. And he wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, now I'm, I'm reading that and I'm thinking, wait a second here, because we measure scripture against scripture, right? Like, we don't just pull one thing out and just read the one thing and put it on our wall, and that's the only scripture we read, right? Right? We got to read scripture, we got to hold scripture in the midst of all the rest of scripture. And I got a bunch of scripture here Philippians 1 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, yeah. Say, yeah. Then yeah. Deuteronomy, thank you, that's better. 31, 6a says, be strong, be fearless. Do not be afraid and don't be scared by your enemies. Everybody say, yeah. yeah. Philippians 4, 13. How many of y'all know this? This is a little life verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Wait, so, so confidence, it's not a bad thing, is it? The problem is the next part. It says they were confident in their own righteousness, and they looked down on others. They thought the gifts that they have, all the strengths and abilities that they had, they thought it was just for themselves. They got it twisted and back around. They got it upside down. So let me ask you a question. Now, I do full contact sermons. For those of you that are, that are brand new today or never heard me preach, that means you got to talk back to me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Declan. I want to know, what is it great to be confident in? Raise your hand or shout it out so I know to look so I can hear you. What's it great to be confident in? What you got? Declan was the only one talking to me. They're taking him out. <laughs> What's it great to be confident in? Anybody? Faith. Faith. Great. Thank you, Margaret. What else? Love. love. Yes. Great to be confident in love. What else? How about the work of the Lord? What do you got, Logan? Pizza. All right. I'm glad you're here for the sermon today, Logan. I hope you are taking notes. Is confidence in God's promises a good thing? Somebody say yeah. Yeah. yeah and last week I was talking about around communion. I was talking about this around communion and my girls on the way home, one of them said to me, uh, is all that stuff you said true, dad? I was like, well, which part? Like, yes, of course. But which part? She said, well, during, during the time when we eat, during the, I was like, yeah, the communion, you mean? Yeah, during communion. You said that one day that Jesus is going to come back and, and sin and, and death and all the sad things, they're all going to go away. Is that really true, Daddy? And I said, yes, baby. We can have confidence in that. 
resurrection promise. That's what makes us who we are. And I started preaching and she started playing her iPad. (laughs) But maybe also we would be confident in our own sinfulness, confident in our need for God. We're confident that we can do nothing without God. Matthew 5 says, blessed are the poor in spirit. That's the first thing Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. It said he went up and all these people were listening. And he didn't start with saying, hear ye, hear ye the great word of the Lord. I want to talk to all my people that have been getting it together and reading the scriptures and doing all the right things. No, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Because they can say, I have a problem that's greater than me. I'm talking to somebody here this morning, amen? See, Jesus, though, when he's talking to these guys, talking about these guys, he doesn't speak to their confidence itself, does he? No. Jesus hits them where they are deriving their confidence from, their own righteousness, right? This story wasn't about Jews versus Gentiles, all right? It wasn't about insiders necessarily versus outsiders. It wasn't about the church, the Pharisee versus the state, the tax collector, or or the Jewish people versus the Romans. This story was about two men of means. Both were kind of known. The Pharisee was respected. The tax collector was hated, right? Pharisee was seen as holy. The tax collector was seen as a a demon of the state and a betrayer of the people because most often that was a Jewish person that had been assigned by the Roman state to collect collect the taxes from all of their friends and family. (sighs) But both were known to have enough of whatever they needed. In particular, wealth and power. They could make their way through any navigation they needed to. Anything that got in their way, they could work out. Jesus wants to teach them something. The people standing around, confident in their own righteousness. Everything that I built, that I deserve. And teach us two two things. One, no matter how much they had, wasn't enough to deserve God's love. No matter how much they had, It wasn't enough to deserve God's love. Two, everyone matters enough to deserve our love. Everyone matters enough to deserve our love. Everybody still with me? That wasn't a lot of yeps. (laughs) Listen to this good news, folks. The power of the almighty God is within each and every one of you. Look to your left and right and say, God's in you. Tell them, tell them. Look behind you, look in front of you. Tell them, God is in you. We know it for a few reasons. One, we know that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that the sky skidzo, which is a, really, everybody say skidzo. Skidzo, I mean it ripped open. There's only two places in scripture that we hear that word. And one is when the sky is ripped open and the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. And the other time is at the very end of his ministry when he's on the cross and the temple curtain, which was as tall as this gym, probably ripped from the top to the bottom. Skidzo. And everything that was behind that curtain that was holy and sacred and nobody was allowed to go back there, the curtain was no more. Wow. The Holy Spirit within you in baptism. We believe that. We believe that in the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit descends upon every single one of us, opens to us our gifts in our lives as we become children of God. That is good news. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then I like science. Anybody like science? 
That's my favorite thing. I probably talk about this 10 times a year because I want us to remember and think about this. The gritty and earthiness that our God is. That when we eat this bread and wine, we believe that Jesus is in, with, and under. It's a mystery how. I can't explain it. Somebody said to me, well, I don't want my little babies to commune yet. And that's okay. You do that as a family. Because they don't understand it. My response is always the same. I say, I don't either. I don't know how Jesus is in, with, and under the bread. I just know that he is. And when we take that into our bodies, that becomes part of us. Brothers and sisters, it's science. <laughs> Jesus is in you. But still, but still, we think so often we're not enough. We're just not enough. And then that becomes, I don't have enough. And we try to fill that void with things, don't we? That's when we fill our lives up with stuff, things, money, and more stuff. And once we've amassed a great big pile of it set up so high that it's like walls around us that nobody else can get in, so much so that we can step up on the edge and point over the edge and all those little people down there of everything else that I've built up in my confidence and in my own righteousness that helps me to set myself against you so I feel like I finally have enough, enough money, enough power, enough things, relationships, promotions, trophies, stuff, but when is enough? Enough, enough. When is enough? Enough. This scripture is in the middle of several teachings by Jesus. Remember I said we always hold scripture in the midst of all the rest of the scripture. So we can't just read this story and not look at what's around it. And what's around it are stories that are all about how we create lines between us and others. How we try and shut others out. How we try to lift ourselves up. So we have to read this in the midst of all the rest of those other things. And it's stories about persistence. Persistence in faith. It's stories about belonging. Like who's important in the eyes of God. That's what we read last week. And confidence and selflessness. And then, right after this scripture of Jesus' teaching, this is all happening in Luke right here, Jesus is setting them up to understand the whole story. Because right after this, Jesus predicts his death. A little morbid. Everybody say, ooh. It's a little strange thing to do. Except that he also tells about his resurrection. He connects that death, that weakness, to all those other scriptures that he's just told us about. All, all these other stories that he's just told us about in scripture. To death and then to resurrection. And then right after this, you know what he does? He heals a blind man. He takes a beggar in and heals him and gives him back his sight. He's setting them up to understand the whole story. You see, not just a little part. They start to see how we're all broken. How no one can put themselves above others. How we are all in need of Jesus' love and grace and redemption. And then he shows them because he takes this beggar in. Now think, when you're a blind beggar, you're stuck on the outside. You've got nothing. So much so that you have to constantly ask other people for the crumbs left from their table. You're not allowed to be in the temple because you're unclean. You can't hardly even be in the city. And most of the time, these are folks that got kicked out one after another times because they didn't belong just because he couldn't see and he makes him whole again he makes him able to come and be around God's people again he brings him back to life and community in a way that nobody else could but it's not just to build himself up because right after that you know what he does he goes out and starts witnessing to others and that blind beggar is now the one that can truly see more than anybody else and the droves of people come and follow Jesus I say amen right there that's the gospel 
Jesus died for us all to make us whole again. It's not just for building ourselves up as if it's our own confidence and righteousness. It's not for us to just think more highly of ourselves. It's for restoring life around us. James 2. Four verses from James 2. These are tough, folks. They're going to make you squirm a little bit. They made me squirm when I read it. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show up by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, <laughs> and have a good day, stay warm, and eat well. That's just mean. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing? What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. Some of y'all go to church. I don't need to go to church. I'm just going to do good things in life. Well, that's wonderful. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I love this last line. Let's read it together. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Read it one more time. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Jesus calls us to look around, brothers and sisters, to pay attention to what's happening in our lives and say enough is enough. Do you know that Charlotte right now ranks 50th out of the top 50 large cities in the upper mobility of the poor? Which means that most of the time, if you are poor and you're in Charlotte, you will likely stay poor. It's the hardest in the top 50 cities, large cities, it's the hardest one to get back on top. The chasm between those who have enough and those who don't is massive. Enough is enough. But pastor, great sermon. I'm, lo I'm loving it. Coffee's good. At least I feel like I've got enough to make it through the rest of whatever you're going to say. <laughs> but I know I'm not good enough. What have I got to give? What do I bring to the table? Nothing. I've got all kinds of issues of my own. I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough. Well, Jesus says, you are and you do. Matthew 5 again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, the cross was not Jesus at his weakest. The cross was where Jesus was the strongest. We've got a, we've got a really beautiful thing that happens here in this church in that we have... Um, we have some folks that are in seminary that are studying to, uh, to be pastors or to serve the church in some really awesome ways. And we have one of those folks that's here with us um, today. And, and this year, we've been talking about that moment changed everything. Those moments in our lives where we can hear and see what God is doing in some incredible new ways. And so I want to bring up uh, Jeff Topinka uh, to share a little story with you guys. Um, Y'all welcome Jeff to the stage, please. Thank you, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
So part of um, our seminary education is to do um, a certain amount of time in what's called CPE, which is clinical pastoral education. Basically a chaplain um, learning to uh, provide chaplain services, spiritual care uh, at the hospital. So that's where I'm at right now. That's what I'm doing right now. Um, last Sunday, uh, I, I go down Sunday after, um, after worship. And uh, so last Sunday, I had visited a, went in to visit a patient who later I found out was terminally ill. Um, she would not be leaving the hospital. And so I go in there, I walk into the door, into the, her room, and she's hooked up to all these machines, and which I don't know anything about, but all these machines and tubes, and she has a, a trach tube in, so she can't talk. And I get a little nervous and thought it was really gonna be a one-way conversation. <laughs> So I start to just engage her in some conversation. We talked about the fly, asked her about the flowers that she had there. Um, and uh, um, she had dinner there, which was a ridiculous question. I asked her if she had dinner. Um, so I'm getting a little, getting a little worked up. Um, and so we kind of sat there in silence for a second. And um, I didn't quite know where to go with it, and she looks over at me, and she communicated, but not even a whisper. You know, she had the trick in, not even a whisper. Everything was reading lips. She just mouthed. Um, and I, she looked over at me, and she mouths the words, help me. And, uh, Okay. Do you need a pillow? Water. Thirsty. Water. Water. Blanket. You're cold? You need a blanket. Nurse. Nurse. You want me to get the nurse? Again, help me. She mouths the words, help me. <clears throat> and I'm out of options. <laughs> and I sat there for a second. And I said, um, do you wanna, you, you wanna pray? And uh, so I pulled up a chair and, and sat next to her and <clears throat> she closed it back and closed her eyes. And now I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm praying, praying like crazy. I'm, and I look over at her, and she's just laying back there. And tears are coming out of her eyes. So I keep praying, and I pray for about 15 minutes straight with her. And just sat there. She's, tears coming down her eyes. So I had, um, I had stopped, I had reached a stopping point, and uh, I look at her, and again, she mouths the words, help me. God. I said, how about we read, uh, do you want me to read? How about we read some gospel? So I 
I opened up my um, Bible and went to John, just picked a gospel, uh, one of the books, and went to John and just started reading um, John's gospel to her. And again, you know, she settled back down and, uh, you know, tears coming down her face. And um, you know, I just went through that book with her. I read for another 20 minutes, I don't know, five, six, seven chapters, eight chapters. And, um, you know, I'm reading this and, you know, I'm getting choked up. <clears throat> you know, I, I know the power in that gospel. I know the power in that gospel. So I got, you know, I'm reading and, and she's weeping and I'm weeping and thank goodness I thought she didn't see me because a couple of times I, went, I was on the side of her and I went, got some tissue and, you know, sat back down and hopefully didn't miss a beat with her. But, um, you know, that was, um, it, it, it was an unreal moment. It was, uh, it was an unreal moment, you know, and I really felt, and I had gone to Matt, Pastor Matt, um, a day or so later about it, um, to kind of go through things with him, and, you know, I kind of needed to debrief a lot on it, because it was just one of those moments that, you know, I knew God was in that room, and God had put me in that room, um, of course, I knew the reason afterwards, but, um, you know, I had gone to Matt and Pastor Matt, and I said, I can't, I'm in there weeping. She's weeping, I'm crying. I said, man, I gotta tighten up. <laughs> I gotta tighten up. I can't, I can't be in there, you know, feeling like I'm feeling. I'm in there to, to lead her in prayer, to lift her up in prayer, and, and it had bothered me that, you know, that had, that, that that's where I was. And um, so, um, you know, it, it is a, uh, it is a, um, great experience. Thank you, Jeff. If you know much about Jeff, <clears throat> you know that one of his greatest gifts is his vulnerability. And for all of us as the church, that's what they're waiting for. Somebody to open themselves up to them. See, Jeff constantly is worried that he's not enough. Not got all the right gifts. Maybe I did it. I did it wrong. But God makes us strong by our weakness. By our vulnerability. By our letting others in close to us. To knock down the walls to set aside confidence 
of righteousness, because we didn't build it, that God calls us into the lives of others. So today, who's saying, help me in your life? Perhaps the race that we should be running isn't down the hallway getting smoked by a 13-year-old, <laughs> but it's to the broken first. It's to the poor first. It's to the homeless, the addicted, the abused, the orphans, the feeble, the sick, to get there first to those who need, to those who've forgotten about grace and say the words that they are waiting for. You matter. You are enough. Because brothers and sisters, enough is enough is enough. So get ready. Get set. Go. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks. You give the fullness of who you are to us all the time. You're not some faraway God messing around that's like marionettes, Lord. You're standing in the midst of the hotel or the hospital rooms when we're standing next to the sick, when we are the sick. You stand with this church that we might be enough for those in need. You've given us more than enough to serve this community already. So we don't look around and think we don't have enough. We're not strong enough. Because God, we know that you are enough. So take this church, God, and change this city. Take this church, God, and transform this community person by person. Call us out into the midst of people's lives, Lord, that we might give ourselves to them because of you. Strengthen us in your word, oh God. And help us to run the race. Your race. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.